Welcome to the fifth quarter sportscast. I'm Jared Judy. I'm here with Todd Corley. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to break down here. We got some week 12 NFL action. So uh, without wasting any time, let's jump right in. So we, no, let's uh, waste time. I'd like to waste at least a I'm second sure, here. I, I'm sure let's you just would. waste a little bit of time. Yeah, I'm sure. Anyway. Uh, let's get back to it. Yeah, yeah. Now that you had that break. So uh, this was week 12, Thanksgiving week. We'll start off with uh, how was the holiday? You get some... You get some good food in. You get some plenty of football in. Still hungover. <laughs> from from Thanksgiving a week ago. <laughs> best way to detox is to retox. Well, I guess you can't be hungover if you never stop, right? Facts. <laughs> oh. Oh, well, well, looking at the uh, the slate of Thanksgiving games, at least we had some some interesting games for a change. Um, but it, you know, as usual, it wouldn't be Thanksgiving without the Lions losing. So now it's official. It's the it's the start of the holiday seasons. <laughs> but, um, we'll we'll run through some some uh, some games here, and then we'll we can touch on some of the uh, breaking news because there's plenty of injury news to go around, and then we can talk about some uh, stud singular and uh, some duds. But uh, we'll start off with the first game, uh, the Bills. And the Lions, that's, I don't know what your thoughts are, but that's a lot closer than I was expecting. Uh, I don't know that I was necessarily expecting a blowout because, I mean, Detroit's been able to put up points this year. But with that Bills offense I was, you know, and their defense, I was expecting it to be a little bit more one-sided affair. But classic Detroit, they, they lose with a field goal at the last weaning seconds. Um 28-25 in typical Detroit fashion, <laughs> just when you think they got it sealed up. One pass for, I think it was like 35 yards to Diggs, puts them right back in field goal range with, what, five seconds, I think, to kick it. I think Buffalo has lulled themselves into a false sense of security, playing in the same stadium twice in a two-week span. I Yeah, I kind of figured they would I, I kind of figured they would split. But for playing the Browns there a week ago. Yeah, I mean I kinda figured that they would get caught on one of those games, but I mean, hey, props to them. They they made a new home outside of Buffalo. But yeah, I they, they squeeze out a win. Jamal Williams gets a touchdown for me in my fantasy. Uh I I kind of heard uh if I remember right, he had thirteen touchdowns on the season so far. Probably has like 300 yards total for the season, but it's 13 yards or 13 touchdowns. And I don't know if it was a franchise record or a league record with uh, Barry Sanders at 16, which uh, let's be honest, if Jamal Williams passes Barry Sanders for touchdowns, I mean, obviously that's pretty impressive. But then again, when you don't have the yards to go along with it, you're just a goal line bruiser. I mean, I don't know that I put much stock in that, but that's still pretty impressive. Yeah, you're not too far off. He's got seven thirty-four, but he he does he does have quite the touchdown count. I mean, he just kind of reminds me. He kind of reminds me of the Brandon Jacobs years at uh, the Giants, where Bradshaw runs ninety-nine yards, take him out, put Jacobs in, fall one fall one yard forward for the touchdown. I mean, that's kind of it helps that you know Swift has been beat up most of the year, but hey. if it's not broke, don't fix it. Just keep giving the ball to him on the goal line because he's proven he can get in there. 
He's effective, I'll tell you that. Yeah. He scores. Yeah. Lions don't win, but God damn it, if he's not scoring. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the one bright star, shining star now that uh, Hawkinson's gone. There's really nothing else there. No, that's right. We'll kind of leave the uh, the rest of the Thanksgiving Day games alone just because eh, I wasn't too impressed with any of the other Thanksgiving games. They were good games, but nothing you know really stood out much. Um, plus, we got some other bigger games I think we can touch touch on here. But let's go to your wheelhouse. Uh, you got to be happy with this one. The Browns, they uh, finally do something un- outside of the Cleveland norm. This is typically a game where Cleveland would have went to pass, 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 and lose. But the Browns actually showed up and shut down Brady and the Bucks in the fourth and then took it to overtime on the legs of Nick Chubb for once. They finally decided that, hey, maybe we'll, let's try this and see what works, see what happens. And, oh, my God, it worked. It's amazing what happens when you give your playmakers the ball. But they shut down uh, Brady and the Bucks 23-17 in overtime on the uh, legs of Nick Chubb. You got to be pretty happy. I, I didn't watch any of the game, but, man, I don't know what to think about Brady and the Bucks. I, obviously, they've had their share of injuries and, you know, just like everybody else. But that team does not seem in sync at all. They seem like a completely different team from the past few years. And it can't be just all grunk being gone. No, they're they uh they look they look well I don't think they have, they didn't have they didn't have Fournette. So there's yeah. that. But yeah. Rashad White's pretty good. I'm surprised I'm actually surprised Rashad White didn't have more I don't know, he only had what, fourteen touches? Yeah, or, something like that. Or actually, 14 rushes because he had nine receptions. But uh, holy Christ, man. I, I don't know. I just always expect the game plan against Browns is run the ball. They can't stop it. Tampa Bay wasn't doing it. Tom Brady threw the ball 43 times. I feel like it was reversed. Tampa was doing Cleveland things. Yeah, that's fine. Like, like it just completely got me off guard when I started looking at the stats, and I'm like, why is Tom Brady throwing it? Why are they not throwing it? Because that's the Browns' weak point. They can't stop the run, so why are they not? Why are they throwing it? Like I don't understand that. Like the tables have turned, I guess. But, <laughs> I don't miss the tables but, have but, but hey, you know, props to them. The Browns were able to finally take advantage and use what they have to their advantage. Even like early on, they did a. I don't know if you got to see the Anthony Schwartz rushing touchdown. Yeah. God, yeah. I'm like, holy shit, what are they doing? I'm like, yeah, catch them off guard, baby. That's how you do it. Yeah. But, I, I I think there's a lot of things going on with Tampa. Whether Todd Bowles is the guy, who knows? Whether, you know, you need a different offensive coordinator in there, who knows? If Brady's washed up, I don't know. They have a lot of. I think they had at least a one or you know a couple offensive linemen that are kind of beat up and injured at you know. But again, I, I don't know what the deal is because the only real offensive player that's been out from last year that I remember is Grunk. But they look like a completely different team. I mean, on defense, I know they have they've lost a lot of guys on defense. Sue's not there anymore. Um, a couple other defensive playmakers but still that offense just is not able to put up points like they had been in the past there hasn't been honestly 
like I, I know against the Browns, he only had two catches, but but statistically, I'd have to go back and look. But Mike Evans has been he's like way a, down, a way down non-factor this season. He's completely. I know he had some injury early on, but he's completely invisible. Like he's completely irrelevant this year. I don't know Three what's going touchdowns on. Touchdowns on the year. Three. We're in what f- week. What are we in week? 13? Going, going into thirteen. Yeah. Well, and you go figure where he got drafted fantasy wise. He's Damn. another bust. He's another bust this year. That's crazy. Which just it just blows me away because in the past, you and I both have seen our share of football and Brady specific. That would have been a game this past you know week with the Browns that you would have seen Brady go into overtime and he would have fed Evans, 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 touchdown, walk-off. Like, that's typically how it would have went. And that didn't happen. Like, I don't know. I was kind of caught off guard with that one. But, hey, anytime Brady loses, I'm okay with it. And for you, anytime Brady loses and it means a Browns win, (laughs) it's an even better Sunday. Here's one for you. Here's, Here's a question. More fantasy points. Oh, well, here, we're going to go that route again. Okay. Mike Evans or DJ Moore? Did DJ Moore score this week? He, he did, did, didn't he? Well, then I got to go with him. He did. <laughs> I got to go with him. <laughs> yeah, you're right. DJ Moore has more fantasy points. And the only reason I remember, because I was shocked that he actually scored, which having him on my fantasy team, that isn't that, that tends not to be the case. But yeah, it, he, they're, they're more just having fantasy a bad points. year. Mike Evans or Gabe Davis from Buffalo? Davis. Yeah, it's not even – it's not as close. I was going to say, I, I, that's, that seemed a no-brainer because I know I've seen Davis at least, what, one game? He had like two or three touchdowns in one game, I th- I think. More, right. more fantasy points. Mike Evans or Chris Olave, rookie from the Saints? I'm going to say Olave. Olave by he, a bunch. Did, didn't he have a couple games? Olave by, had, by like two games. Like Evans could play two more games. And I was gonna say, didn't didn't Alave early on before he got hurt? Didn't Alave have a couple games where he had multiple touchdown games? He did. He, yeah, he's had. A, he's actually having a hell of a season. Yeah. But damn, Mike Evans or, or Garrett Wilson? I might say Evans on that one, but I feel like. But but I feel Good for but, you, co-host. Well, and the only. The only reason I say that is because of the ever-changing guard in New York. We don't know who's throwing the ball what week. Garrett Wilson did have a big week this week, though. Yeah. More point, more fantasy points. Alvin Kamara or Mike Evans? Oh. <laughs> it's got to it's be Alvin Kamara. <laughs> uh, we'll get to Kamara a little bit later here. He didn't yeah. this week, though. I'll tell you that. Shit. No. But let's move on to a uh, one of the many surprising games. As if those first couple were not shockers you had the jacksonville jaguars against the ravens and (laughs) trevor lawrence trevor lawrence shows uh lamar who who can pull the win out i guess i don't know he he has a walk-off two-point conversion for the win they have they hand the ravens their fourth loss 28 27 it's got to be the biggest shocker of the week for a lot of people. Like, there's no way that money line had to have been busted. There's no way. Loved it. Loved it. Every time Baltimore loses, an angel gets its wings. What happened? Is that, is that 
was that didn't was that in the bonus cut scene? I don't remember seeing that's, that part. That's true. <laughs> was that the director's cut? <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know what happened to the Ravens. Like this year they came in, Lamar, 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 everybody was talking all about Lamar. They were gonna blow everybody out of the water. They basically crowned them as the top three teams in the AFC was the Ravens, the Bills, and the Chiefs. And what and what happened? I feel like Baltimore's the weaker of those of those three teams. Like they just haven't been flashy. They haven't they've struggled, I feel like, a lot. Lamar has struggled. And then you get upset by Jacksonville. Like ugh, nothing good about that. I tell you what, man, Jacksonville's <clears throat> coming into their own. Well, I wish Trevor Lawrence would do more because I could definitely use some more wins down the stretch here. But regardless, Doug Peterson, that's that's a pretty gutsy call. Well, where was that game at? Was it Jacksonville or Baltimore? I don't remember. Yeah, it was at Jacksonville. Okay. I was going to say, that's a pretty gutsy call if it was in Baltimore going for two. But, <laughs> yeah, but regardless, in but, re- but I mean, regardless, you go for two when the game's on the line. It, you could have just kicked it and tied it, but you had him on the ropes. And I mean, props to him. Now, granted, if it goes the other way, he's going to get crucified. Like, what are you doing? Take the points. But it, hey, it worked out. And he's the hero of the week. You, you got to give it to him. I mean, what do you get to lose? That's true. I mean, it's not I mean, like they're shit. playing for anything. At they're not the playing for anything. Right. You're three and seven. So who gives a shit? Go for it. It's true. Yeah. At I that point, it. you might as, at that point, you might as well go for it on every fourth down and go for it on every every uh, extra point because I mean, you, you got to take every point you can get. But hey, I mean, they got the job done. They knocked them off. I don't know that it's how much it's going to affect in the long run, but hey, they walk out of there with a win, not a loss. Justin Tucker, uh, on that, Justin Tucker things. Yes. Four field goals. Woo, child. <laughs> with that being said, we'll move on to a very identical game with uh, Brandon Staley's Chargers also going for two to give the massively dysfunctional Arizona Cardinals their eighth loss. It, it couldn't have been almost more of an identical game. 25-24 the final, and Staley goes for two. Which Staley's has, you know, the kind of that reputation of I'm going for it on every fourth down. I'm going for two on every single, you know, touchdown. He's kind of backed off. I feel like that this year. He hasn't gone for it as much as he did last year. But hey, hey he he put the uh, he put the pedal down and decided now's the time we're going to go, and it 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 worked. It panned out. Um, but yeah, he he uh, he walks out there with a win. And the Cardinals, my God, what is going on with them? They they couldn't be any more of a dumpster if they tried. Like oh, dude, Kyler. Tyler hates Patrick Peterson after this week. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say he uh he he can't stand the coach. The coach is an idiot. He's you know flipping out on him. He doesn't know how to call plays. And now Patrick Peterson's going after him and him and Peterson, I it's I just I don't see how this works, like not even this year, but going forward next year, because you just gave the – They are you just, pretty dysfunctional because, I mean, like, James Connors, a stud, homeboy ran for buck 20. I feel week. bad for – I feel they bad for Connor. Benjamin. I, mean, I feel Jesus bad Christ. for – I feel bad for Connor and J.J. Uh, Watt. Like, they're just – J.J. Watt went from one mess to another. <laughs> Like I don't know how much better this team is than the disaster he had in Houston. Like I, man, I don't know. I don't know that JJ is going to go with another team 
before he retires. So I feel like this may be his last stop. Hopefully not. But man, I would hate to end my career like this. Like that's that's a rough go. But I mean, you have Kyler, you just gave a big extension to. You just gave your head coach a big extension who have the same agents. <laughs> How that works, I don't know. And they hate each other, or at least Kyler can't stand Kingsbury. So, I mean, how does this work moving forward? Because if it's this pretentious now, things aren't working. How do you fix it? Because if it comes down to one of them's got to go, I can guarantee it ain't going to be Kyler. But then it seems like no one likes him. No one can get along with him. He just, he he seems to be self-absorbed. He seems to be a younger Russell (laughs) Wilson-esque type guy. But it's like, how, how do you how do you work with that? If it's not working, how do you bring them back down to earth to make it work? Like I don't I don't know, I don't know what they do. I, I figured they. I mean, I guess technically they are better. Imagine them without DeAndre Hopkins. Well, that's what I was gonna say. At the beginning of the year, everyone's like, "Just wait till Hopkins comes back. Just wait till Hopkins comes back." And I don't feel like they're that much better with Hopkins because Kyler can't get the ball to him. I I don't know. I don't know. They're paying Hopkins. They're paying JJ. They're paying Kingsbury. They're paying Kyler. And they're, they got three wins to show for it. <laughs> I mean, holy shit. I don't think they've won. Let's won what? See, what? One, two. They haven't won that many games with DeAndre. No. Since he came back. I was going to say, I think they've only won one since he came back. Might be. Let's see. They'd be, yeah, yeah. And of those of those wins, have any of them even been division wins? Or have they lost every division game? I mean, not like it matters because God knows everybody else in that division not named San Francisco or Seattle is trash. I mean, the Rams are a joke. Far, far cry from where they were. And Arizona. Arizona. I, I honestly like don't know. Who's worse now, Arizona or the Rams? Like, I honestly don't know. They seem like the same team. And the only reason the Rams are bad is because they have so many injuries. But, I mean, I, man, I don't know. I'm just glad I'm not a, a Cardinals fan. I'll just put it that way because it's got to be rough. Sorry, seeing, Browns. It's got to be rough seeing a four foot five quarterback talk like he's the next Joe Montana. God. <laughs> I, I dealt with that shit for a couple of years when Baker was here. I got the empathy, but they're not sure as fuck not getting sympathy. I'm sir, I'm I'm glad you uh you knocked that one out of the park because I just lobbed that one up there for you. I was hoping you were gonna you were gonna rip it. I was hoping you were gonna rip it. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is a poor man's Taylor Heineke. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that I've ever heard that analogy, but that's a good one. It's, it's I don't, I don't know that. I, I don't know that T- Taylor Heineke appreciates it, but <laughs> poor man. Like, Baker Mayfield is a poor man's Taylor Heineke. Yeah, but I don't know that he would Let's appreciate. Let's put that in perspective. It. He wouldn't want to be in any analogy with that guy. <laughs> Heineke might not want to. Let me keep that. Keep the guy in my, my mouth. Yeah. Oh, but uh, but let's move on to the. Uh, the big game, since this will feed into some further points later. Raiders. Raiders. Raiders top Seattle in overtime. There's a lot of overtime and two-point conversion games, I feel like, this week. But Raiders top Seattle in overtime on the legs of Josh Jacobs. Holy crap. 40-34, <laughs> to 34, as if that wasn't a high-scoring game. 
I lost track of how many times Josh Jacobs touched the ball. I mean, he had 33 runs for what, almost 230 mm-hmm. some yards. Like, yeah. oh wow, like that's impressive. And then of course that last 33 that, touches on the like rushing 33. Yeah, times. that's Average, what I'm saying. Averaged a biscuit shy of seven yards a carry. Yeah, Home boy was putting in work, and, and it just blows God. me away because. Yeah. I didn't watch that game, but looking at his stat line, I'm like, oh, so they just went heavy with the run. But then you even look, he was involved in the passing game, too. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, so Devontae had quite, Dude, you know, he had Devontae, 74 yards receiving. I was going to say, I think, didn't Devontae had 70 some yards, too? He had if the, I remember exact, right? the exact same. Actually, Jacobs had a higher average. Per, yeah. Per catch. But, I mean, they, they had seven. Literally 70. the exact same yards receiving. Okay. So you had two guys getting 70 some yards receiving. And so then you had, that. yeah. And then you had a running back who was just shy of 250 on the ground. Like, did you maybe think, hey, maybe we need to change something up because this isn't working? <laughs> and then the guy rips off, like, what was it, an 80 yard something run in overtime for the win? 86, yeah. Yeah. Did you not see that coming? (laughs) Like, when you got to overtime, what did you think was going to happen when he's ripped you a new one the entire game? When they lined up with the ball, you couldn't have thought, I bet it's a pass. (laughs) Because they hadn't had to pass all game. Stack the box because you know it's going to him. Like, I, that, that just blew me away. I, I, I don't know that I've ever watched a game that one sided except for <clears throat> Sunday night. But other than that, I have not <laughs> I have not seen a game that one-sided where everybody in the stadium knew who was getting the ball and what the play was and it was kind of like Oakland saying or uh, Vegas saying, "Yep, we're going to line up, we're going to run. Um guess what we're going to do? We're going to run again." And then the next play, we're going to try running again. So just go ahead and try to stop us. And they just kept pounding it and Seattle had no answer. It's so crazy cuz like Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks, like Seahawks all season long have been rushing. Didn't matter if it was Rashad Penny early on and then Kenneth Walker coming in. Kenneth Walker in this game averaged, he had like a Trent Richardson game. Mm-hmm. He had Richard Sonian numbers. He averaged less than two yards a carry. He went the opposite way of where he's been the last few games. Kudos to the Vegas. Raiders, man, because their defense, the fact that this game was, looking at the stats, the fact that this game was as close as it was, blows my mind. And that's kind of what I looked at. Initially, when I looked at the score, I was like, oh, this is a shootout. There was no defense. But then when you're looking at the flip side, I'm like, okay, well, Kenneth Walker really wasn't a factor. So there had to have been some defense on the Vegas side. Yeah, Yeah. But it's just like, oh, my God. I, yeah, I, this had to have been one of the biggest standout games of the week, like hands down, God, easily. Was it like 60-some yards rushing as a team? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Jacobs had more than that on one run. <laughs> Dude, that is nuts, man. I've never seen something so lopsided, but yet the score be so close. That's what blows my mind. That's crazy. The stats are so one-sided, but yet it's only a one-possession game. Yeah, Derek Carver, they're throwing the ball back to him. Oof, yeah. It's awful. Yeah. 
That was crazy, though. That was a heck of a weekend for football. That was some close yeah, I, it, it almost, I was thinking about this, like looking at the scores and like the overtime games and everything, and it almost feels like this year's NFL is kind of like, like a big March Madness tournament. Yes. Where it's just like, uh, I don't know, anybody could win. You might have a 16 seed take out a number one. I mean, it's, it's nuts, man. It's fun. Well, and the thing is, too, it makes it hard. I mean, obviously, we can't legally uh, place any bets right now, but this has got to be the most mind-wracking season for people placing bets because the teams like Jacksonville, who you would not expect to even hang with Baltimore, wins. The teams like the Browns, who you wouldn't think would be able to hang with Tom Brady, wins. Like, this is just breaking people's quote-unquote brackets if you want to go with the you know march madness theme it's got to be breaking people's bets left and right because it's so unpredictable where typically in the past you'd see tom brady and fill in the blank it's going to be heavily favored his way and that's not the case anymore like the 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 games are more of a toss-up i feel like this year and teams that are winning that have no business winning are winning I mean, even uh, granted that not this is a whole different scenario, but who would have thought that? I think it was what was it, eight or ten point favors the Packers years or weeks ago when they played the Jets. They were like an eight or ten favorite, ten point favorite, and they got beat by seventeen. Like who in the hell saw that coming against the Jets? Like that just blows my mind. Those type of games where not only did you lose and you were a favorite, but you got stomped. Like, I feel like stuff is happening more so this this year like that, where people that aren't winning, people that are favorites, people that are favorites are losing, and they're not losing close. They're getting blown up. I mean, what was it, a week or two ago? You had Dallas, who was, you know, the, the princess of the NFC East, and then you had the Vikings running away with the conference and they get stomped they have smoked. like what in the like what <laughs> like nobody could have predicted that to happen no they got curb stomped that was bad it yeah. was crazy like this week this past week kansas city like if i'm gambling like i'm I, i'm always taking whoever kansas city's playing because kansas city never covers the spread right Mm-mm. this week somehow they were they were favored by 15 and a half point. Don't look at the spreads because it'll all make you believe that pro football yeah. is fixed. Well, and, and, and Kansas City wins by 16 points. Well, and the funny thing too is uh, the, the show to not be mentioned, there's a guy on that show who's a diehard Lions fan, and I don't know if there's any truth to it or not, but that's that they say that, and I'm not a Lions fan, so I can't say, but he's a diehard Lions fan. He said last year and the first part of this year, the Lions were the best team betting wise against the spread. Like they every every week, and I'm like, yeah, it it makes sense because they're just blowing teams, you know, point wise, they're just scoring left and right, which is the exact opposite of the Chiefs. <laughs> And it's almost like the Chiefs, the only way that I've found, and obviously not legally betting, we can't do any of that yet, but the only way it seems to be able to... I'm not bound by the Ohio laws. Yeah. (laughs) You're exempt. (laughs) I use betonline.ag. I don't have to bet in the States. It's true. 
uh, what's said by the co-host <laughs> does not reflect. It's legal. <laughs> Shit, it's legal. Uh, but no, what, I'm not running a backdoor you know, poker game here. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say though is, it seems it seems like the only way to make any money trying to bet on the Chiefs is you wait till they go down 17 plus points going into the fourth quarter, and then they're the underdog. And then you place the bet because then they cover. Like, that's the only way that you bet on them. Otherwise, you're going to lose. Facts. Well, let's, uh, let's, uh, you, get, you need a refill? Sure. We've been doing this show now for a little while. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yep. <laughs> well, let's get through the, uh, the, I feel like this was a laundry list of injuries, and then we can talk about the uh, stud and duds. If a wreath could take a piss, that's what it would taste like. That doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> not, all, not all Christmas sales are the same, folks. <laughs> uh, it's not one universal. But we'll start with uh, some breaking news as far as injury-wise. We'll start back with the uh, Thanksgiving game and uh, – Von Miller left the game with a knee injury. Uh, initially, they were hoping it wasn't an ACL, but it turns out it's a lateral meniscus tear. And I thought I read somewhere online that he was hoping to be out maybe seven to ten days, hoping to be back for the Jets game. So at least they avoid the ACL. But that's a big blow to that defense. I mean, I know they had Poyer and I think Micah Hyde's out done, you know, done for the year. So they've had some other injuries. But Von, with the way he's been playing, that's a big a big deficit. Hopefully he can get back. And you look at San Francisco, they had their slew of injuries. I know Christian McCaffrey's had some knees, you know, swelling, some knee issues. I guess Jimmy G, I didn't see it, but I read that he got popped pretty good in the knee and the, the surgically repaired one. So that's, I'm, I'm sure that's not helping. Elijah Mitchell, he's out six to eight weeks with an MCL spare, uh, sprain. So uh, that that's another blow to them. And Debo's kind of been beat up. Yeah, the Elijah Mitchell one was for me was the one I'm like, Jesus Christ, San Francisco yeah. money bags. God damn, don't stand near them during a thunderstorm. He's like well, struck by lightning. Well, them or Denver. Christ. Yeah. Them, Denver, or yeah, the Giants. Don't, think, don't let Melvin Gordon hold your newborn baby. That <laughs> fucker will drop everything. <laughs> but uh yeah, we'll we'll get to the, the the Denver Broncos here in a little bit, but then uh, go into the uh, the Rams, which we mentioned earlier being a dumpster. Stafford had a concussion, and then he had a stinger, and they said he was in the concussion protocol, and then he was out of the concussion protocol, then he's in the concussion protocol. But then aside from him, you got Aaron Donald with a high ankle sprain, who's probably going to miss some time. They got Cooper Cup with an uh, ankle. Uh, injury. You have Allen Robinson who has a foot injury, which I this is the first I'm hearing he's even still in the league because I thought once he left Chicago he was invisible because he's really done nothing at the Rams. But I had read something about that depending on how the next few weeks go, which I don't know why that's even discussion because they're already done at this point anyway, that uh, McVay may consider shutting them all down for the rest of the mm -hmm. season. Which I mean, what do you have to play for at this point anyway? You might as well go for it, but do you think that uh, depending on how the next couple of weeks go, that Stafford is he going to hang it up? Like, 
I, for the season? No, for good. Oh God, no, no. I mean, granted that guy. Is, I mean, granted that I think he's under contract for what twenty six. I think twenty twenty six. I'm looking at it like that guy's broken every single bone in his body, and now he's had a concussion. He's got a stinger. He's got a ring. I mean, he's made his 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 name. If all these guys and, and the Rams, they've basically sold their soul to the devil. They have no picks for the next how many years? Like that team's going to be a shell because they're going to have to start cutting bait with a lot of these guys to get under the cap, and they got no picks. So I'm just thinking of it as, hey, he's not getting any younger. He's been beaten and battered for years in Detroit. He's getting beat up and battered in Los Angeles, and they're going to have a worse team moving forward. Do you want to stick around for that, or do you just want to take the money and cut bait? Like, I don't know. <clears throat> Especially Aaron Donald. I mean, he was close to retiring last year, and I can't imagine he's probably too happy with the situation right now. This season's this season's not working out according to plan. I mean, they truly not even close from the, from the top to the bottom. I mean, good God. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, I don't know. for you fantasy <laughs> fans out there, yeah, I'll be playing some Seahawks this week with that defense without Aaron Donald. Yeah. Man, I mean, that's, God damn. That's... Hope I'm not playing Kenneth Walker this week. Yeah, I that's... actually thought about, in my in my other league, I actually thought about starting Geno Smith over Josh Allen this week. I, mean, I hate Thursday night games. And Geno Smith versus a, a Aaron Donald-less Rams. I mean, Ooh. no matter who you put out there, it's not going to have the same impact, obviously. And the Rams themselves can't stop anybody. So, I mean, I could see... I can see the gamble. Yeah, um, buddy. Play your yeah. Seahawks. But with that being said, as far as studs, uh, Mixon, Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase are both kind of trending up out of the uh, concussion protocol for Mixon and Chase with his hip injury. They're both trending. Supposedly, from what I've read, they're looking to be able to suit up this week, so that'll be huge for a certain co-host. <clears throat> That's right. So it'll be interesting to see how him, them and uh, Joe Burrow get back in the good graces and start piling up points again. Uh, talking about the Jets and running back purgatory, they went from Michael Carter last year, I believe, and then Brees Hall this year. Yeah, Brees Hall was tearing and it. And Brees uh, Hall, when he went down, they picked up uh, Robinson, mm-hmm. which – from Jacksonville. Yeah. He he hasn't really done a whole lot. And then did he got injured, didn't he? He's hurt. Yeah. And then Michael Carter now all of a sudden is back into the limelight and now he's hurt. So now <laughs> they're down to yet another running back. It's Zonovan Knight. Yeah, I was reading like uh a thing on Bleacher Report and it said if you have these jets feel free to start him. And I read that guy's name. I'm like, who in the heck is this guy? <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> Go pack. At yeah. NC State, baby. Well, we talk about more Wolfpack, more Wolfpack players on this podcast. We should, yeah. we should talk about getting sponsored. Yeah. Well, I started reading it, and I'm like, oh, okay. So now they're down to, like, their fourth running back of the season, and they're back to the Mike White show. <laughs> it, What's with Zach Wilson? Is he even going to be there, or are they ditching bait with him again at the end of this year? They're done. Like Jeez. I don't see how they keep him. 
I don't see how they keep him. They've went back and forth from Zach Wilson to Mike White, back to Zach Wilson, back to Mike White. Like, eventually something's got to give. I, I think Zach Wilson's best fit's probably Carolina. He should he should go hang out with like Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and <laughs> the, Jesus the, Christ, the oh, uh, the log roller. Sam Darnold. <laughs> I've never seen a least athletic touchdown scored by anybody than the log roll. <laughs> I'll tell you who's loving it, though. DJ Moore. He's like, oh, my God. Somebody yeah. taller than five foot four can actually throw me the ball. I'm so happy. Yeah. I don't Where think. I don't think he's, you know, too, uh, too, too distraught about it. But yeah, we were talking about running backs. We'll we can touch base with the uh, one of the many issues with the Broncos. I mean, you started off with a fifty-fifty. Couldn't have been any more down the middle split with uh, Melvin Gordon and Javonta Williams. And Williams tears his ACL. He's done. Melvin Gordon fumbles every third ball. They kick him out the door and let him go. And then they have Mike Boone, who then becomes the starter. He gets hurt, so now he's out. And then they let um, who else did it? they let somebody else go? Didn't they? For some reason, I'm blanking. I kept thinking they let somebody else go other than Gordon. They Maybe let, not. Yeah, they let Gordon go. I don't know if they've had another one. Well, then they brought in Latavius Murray, so now they're down to him, and that's it. They and it's Boone. just like Mike Boone got hurt. Yeah, but it's like you're down to him now because everybody else on your roster you've either let go or is hurt. So yet another team with a continued carousel of running backs. And I don't know how and, much it matters because, I mean, Jesus Christ, the big-ass Samoan-looking motherfucker yelling at Russell Wilson. <laughs> well, the Denver Coming Broncos. The sidelines. That the Denver, was my favorite. The Denver yeah. Broncos are the AFC Arizona Cardinals. That's 100% what they are. They're a completely dysfunctional disaster. They're a dumpster. It's crazy, man. But um, moving, garbage. moving on to uh, Pittsburgh, Najee Harris, he uh, he had an abdomen injury and left the game. And then uh, his backup, um, Jalen, he – I don't remember what happened with him, but he got some sort of injury. But then it turned out not to be serious for him. And I guess from what I read, Najee Harris is supposed to be back potentially this week as well. So I don't know exactly what what the injury was, but obviously it wasn't anything too serious if they're both potentially back in starting spots again. Yeah, Jillian Warren's hamstring is supposed to be good to go. Okay. I don't see how he's not getting more run, honestly, with Najee Harris. Harris. Najee Harris sucks. He's overrated. He, he had a great season last year. He's Trent Richardson. He is. But, he's the same goddamn player. He's the same Alabama bullshit running back. I mean, he had a great year last year, and he's a shell of what he was last year. So I it's don't know exact what happened. Same thing as Trent Richardson. <laughs> yeah, rookie year, tore it up, and boom. The only ones oh, I was going to say the only one before Derrick Henry or since Derrick Henry is Josh Jacobs, who's having a hell of a year this year. But yeah, God, damn. Yeah, well, man. and before Derrick Henry and before Trent Richardson, you had the uh, refrigerator, Eddie Lacy, <laughs> who had yeah. a few good years and then couldn't put the fork down. Yeah, I miss him. So. I would like me some Sean Alexander, though. He wasn't bad back, back in the day. Yeah. Rock the baby. But going to uh, 
the NFC North, uh, we had uh, reports that Darnell Mooney is done for the season with an ankle injury, which, I mean, if anything, it sucks for Justin Fields. But then again, Mooney wasn't really that much involved anyway, because it was it Justin cares. Fields. It was Justin Fields running, and that was it. Like there, there's there's no receivers out there that you would even consider touching, especially in fantasy wise anyway, because a Fields can't get the time to get the ball out to him anyway, and B, he's always running. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a big loss. I mean, obviously, it's a big it's, loss for it's them. It's not but a good sign for the Bears. It's not no. a good look. <clears throat> Justin Fields injures his non-throwing shoulder. Yeah. So he's screwed. Well, then, this, I, I mean... This week, in-game, they lost Eddie Jackson on defense. Yeah. Pre-game, I don't know if you saw any of that or where you were, but, dude... Did you see Trevor Simeon yeah. hurt his oblique and warm warming, warming up? <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Oh and they had to God. start what? Was it Peterman? They almost did. They ended yeah. up starting Simeon. He did end up playing. Well, I saw they that. I was ready to start Nathan Peter. <laughs> yeah, I think it was uh either it was either Rapport or it was Shefty. Oh, That's I saw the tweet and I was like, What? Like you got injured in warm ups? I mean, granted, I know you haven't played. I know you haven't played on a field in a while, but you are practicing, right? Like, oh my god, how do you get injured in warm-ups? That's like getting injured in a walkthrough. Like, I don't get it. The only thing from the Bears debacle this past weekend that was missing from my bingo card was having a quarterback get stuck underneath the flag, like during the national anthem, <laughs> a la Brandon Whedon and the Browns. <laughs> Good God. I don't think I don't think well that or another double doink from Parky. Lord. I don't think anybody could do that again. But I just yeah, I well and here we'll get to the we'll get to the Packers here with the next one, but when I see how bad the Bears are as far as roster wise and just their record, and I look at the Packers, I'm like, Oh, well, we're not really any better than them, but I feel way better than you know, if I was a Bears fan looking at their roster, but then it's like, well, we have the same record, so <laughs> I guess I shouldn't feel that much better. But man, the Bears are just such a dumpster. It's so bad. And the fact that they have the, the, the Lions look better than them, that's how bad they are. Like, that never happens. At least the Lions are putting points on the board. Even when the Bears are at their best. When Justin Fields is like running for 170 some yards a game, they still lose. Yeah, it's, it's oh my god. Which is funny because when you think about it, the 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 calling card for the Bears was always defense. Their offense was always a struggle. Even you know for the last 15 some years, it was Matt Forte. That was it. That's really all they had. And then you had Jay Cutler throwing the ball to the defense every other play. But they had Lance Briggs and Peanut Tillman and Erlocker. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, they were just shutting people down. And it was their defense that was keeping them in games and winning them games because God knows their offense wasn't. Well, now they have no offense and no defense because they've traded away Khalil Mack, Roquan mm-hmm. Smith. I, they traded away their whole defense, and they have no offense. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to think of them. I mean, I'm not too. 
I'm not too mad about it, but Aaron Rodgers I, is coming back to play even with a busted ass hand because well, shit, he's you well, know majority and owner in the Bears, and, so and it's it's going to be very uh, frustrating when they lose to Chicago after how much I've just said I that you know Chicago's a dumpster. It's going to feel really bad when Green Bay gets beat by him because <laughs> I don't see how Green Bay wins. But with that being said, we'll move on to that. Rodgers had, which obviously we all kind of assume that just watching him play, he can't throw like every third ball looks like it's being thrown out of a one wheeled jugs machine. But apparently he had a broken thumb on that last Hail Mary attempt against the Giants over in London. And he's been battling that all season. But now he got hit. I thought he said he got hit in the second quarter and then he got hit again in the same spot in the third quarter. And he thought he had a punctured lung or, you know, something like that. So he left the game, couldn't breathe, had issues. Apparently all the, you know, all the tests and scans came back okay. But he's now battling a rib slash oblique injury. But he says, I'm suiting up as long as I, you know, I can sling the ball and line up. I'm going to do it. But for what? Like, let's be honest. You're not making the playoffs. You're not making a run at the Super Bowl this year. And even if you are, y- you've been dog shit for how many weeks in a row now? He, he uh, knows why. Why? It's, it's, there's no. You're gonna have to take him out of that game on a gurney. There's no way. Exactly. He knows as soon as he doesn't play, as soon as he misses a game, and Jordan loves in there. It, it's over. But that's the thing. They were talking about an ESPN Madison this morning, and I guess they said uh, Conti on GetUp said, you know, how you get that spot is also how you lose that spot. Like, basically, you get that spot from an injury, but you could also lose it to an injury, which is exactly essentially what happened sort of with Favre. When he got hurt years ago in 2006, 2007 against Dallas – and they were down by 17, and Rodgers came back to close that gap to seven. They all knew, hey, Rodgers can sling it. We have a guy. And that's when they let Favre go to, to the Jets. But the difference is he had talked about retiring. He kind of wavered. Did he want to come back or not? Rodgers just now did that, but he renegotiated his contract. And if he stays or doesn't stay, he's got a $60 million cap hit next year. So I don't know how they – Aside from trading him and the other team picking up that salary cap, I don't know how they go and pick up Jordan Love's option next year and make him the starter, A. Or B, I don't know how they play him moving forward, play Love, and bench Rodgers, because then what if Rodgers says, well, I'm not coming back next year, and you're still going to be on the hook to pay me $60 million. Like He's going to strap him because he's got the upper hand. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's it doesn't, Money doesn't matter. <laughs> If it's no. one thing from being a Browns fan, I've learned there's no team that's better at paying the other ex-coach millions True. each year after they're gone to come in and play against them or coach against well, them. Well, no, the only thing I, – I, I'm not concerned about the money, but the only thing I was saying was I don't think that it would be – He's worried about Love taking his spot because he knows the financial situation it, of Green Bay being on the hook. It's a where, hey, if he you, you want to, oh, it is, it is, it is, and he prides himself on being that old old school throwback player of playing through anything. But I, I just don't know that he feels confident. And hey, if you bench me, that's fine. You're still going to pay me sixty million. 
Like he's got, I, I don't know. I think Green Bay would be more likely to play Love because I don't know if they're going to pick up his fifth year option. And you got to put something on tape here if you're going to try to trade him or get something out of him. If you don't pick it up, because right now nobody knows what he's worth. You're not going to get a first round out of it. You traded up into the exactly first round to get the guy yeah. in the first place. Exactly. No, I mean, he, the honest to God, I'm I'm amazed that Rogers is going to be playing this weekend. I and one he even he kind of well they were talking about this on ESPN Madison today. That's that's all they talked about basically for the first couple hours. Is he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. He basically said he's I forget the exact phrase he used, but basically he's a competitor and he will do anything to stay on that field because if you're a competitor, that's what you do. But then he also said, Well, once we're mathematically out of it, you know, there's discussions to be had whether or not it makes sense for me to be out there. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense because if you're a competitor, regardless of what the record is, wouldn't you be out there? But then he said also on the show not to be mentioned, whether they were eight and four, four and eight, oh and twelve, twelve and oh, regardless of the situation, if he was hurt, he'd still be suiting up as long as he's able to. So it's like I don't which is it? Like it doesn't make sense because you're kind of on both sides of the road here. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what the thing, but I'll put it this way. They were talking about it on ESPN again. At some point you you're walking that fine line right now of is he a Hall of Fame quarterback. Absolutely. Hands down first ballot. However, with the way he's playing now with the thumb injury alone, not including the rib injury, he's not playing at a Hall of Fame level. He hasn't all season. Now he's got this rib injury. Our offensive line has been a shuffleboard all season long because of injuries. He gets hit. Does Yeah, he's got a lot of talent, but does he give you the best option right now versus Jordan Love? with the condition he's in and the situation that he has with the receivers being rookies and the receivers being beat up. I, I don't know. I can't imagine. I, I, I think with him being injured and the situation the team is in right now, I would think if there's ever a time where those two are going to be on an even playing field, a, a beat up, banged up Rogers and a healthy love, I think they're more on an even playing field now than they'll ever be in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, why not go with the healthy guy and give him a shot? Because you know what you have with the older veteran. You know what you got because you've had it for 12 weeks now. And even if the guy doesn't pan out and he, he struggles, you got to buy week 14 anyway. Give the guy two weeks if he wants to come back and play a couple you know, meaningless, basically, preseason games at the end of the season. Let Rodgers ride it out into the sunset. Then fine, so be it because we're not going to be playing for anything anyway. But why not give him a couple weeks? Because he takes one good hit, there's a good chance he's going to get knocked out again. Plus, he's got I, a broken finger. Is yeah, a broken finger too. Thumb, broken thumb, because he smacked yeah. it on the helmet of the Giants. But that's what I'm saying. With that broken thumb, that was week four, week five. He's been so erratic all season with that. Now he's got a busted up rib. Like, how do you really think he's going to be that much better than a healthy Jordan Love? Uh, probably not. I mean, granted, he may have one or two throws in the game where it's like, oh, my God. But then you saw how he – I don't know if you watched that game. You saw how he was struggling to throw screen passes. Like, if you can't throw a screen pass and then LaFleur came out at the end of the game, yeah, I saw he was in a lot of pain, so we just called a lot of runs. Uh, okay. So when the defense knows you can't throw the ball, they already know you can't throw the ball because we don't have any receivers. <laughs> 
mean, you couldn't be any more one-dimensional if you tried. Like, why, why leave that? Why screw your team up like that when you already got enough issues? Yeah, it's it's a slippery slope. I I, I can make an argument for both. I just I don't know. I mean, I, I, if it were me, I'd be playing Jordan Love. I mean, I applaud him for not wanting to come out and you know wanting to show like, hey, I'm going to do everything I can to get out there for my team. I get it, but you also have to think about what's the best interest of the team. Like, if you can't be a hundred percent, at what percent do you then become a detriment to the team? Like, I don't know. But with that being said, let's we can uh, both agree that Grape Kool-Aid is probably or Grape Gatorade is actually the best. Grape Gatorade is the best flavor. We, we we discussed that offline. It's disgusting. Um, we we might have to uh, put a pull out on that. Grape's the worst flavor. But anyway. <laughs> 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 Let's uh let's move on to the studs and duds and we'll finish this week up. Um nice. studs. Um yeah, there was no reason for a poll. No. Uh, it's it, a one man. It's a one yeah, man band. It, it was a universal, unanimous Josh Jacobs ran away with it. No yeah, reason for any more discussion. He outscored like <clears throat> fantasy wise, like quarterback and every quarterback. Didn't matter. Yeah. I mean yeah, Jesus. I, I mean, he he beat the next closest guy by double digits. Like it wasn't, dude. Yeah, it wasn't close. But uh, looking at the fantasy duds, we had Juwan Johnson, uh, his buddy Alvin Kamara, one point. Travis Etienne. God, he looked at the second coming of Melvin Gordon. (laughs) Yeah, he did get hurt. Etienne got hurt. Yeah, and then you have Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel did. Nothing this week, Jesus Christ! Normally he has that much, that many f- fantasy points rushing yards alone as a receiver. He gets that many rushing. He gets more than seventeen yards rushing. Yeah, I I voted for Camara just because Camara is like their go-to guy. Like he is their staple, and for him to come up so empty-handed, uh, Etienne got hurt. Washington's very inconsistent. Juwan Johnson, I mean. He only had what one, maybe two targets, and dropped them both. So I, you're not really, especially at the tight end position, you're not expecting really anything. If you get five points, like that's a that's a yeah, great day. Good, so I'm not expecting miracles from that. But Alvin Kamara, it was just a few weeks ago when he hit what four touchdowns or something in a game, like. Yeah, and then, I think he had five. Yeah, it was, a, it was four or five. But regardless, yeah. to go from that just a, a few ton. weeks ago to nothing and then fumbling on the goal line, like that couldn't be more polar opposite. Like legit, so, maybe it was mixing that five. Legitimately feast or famine. Yeah. And it's been a lot more famine than feast. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. But as of right now, the voting, we got Kamara at 75% and ETN at 25 um, I didn't. I caught highlights of that game, but I wasn't able to watch the whole thing. But I didn't realize how close I was to actually getting points for Juwan Johnson. <laughs> Seeing that one where Kamara got plastered at the goal line and the ball flew up and it was tipped by San Francisco, and Juwan Johnson was right on the goal line. If he just would have turned around and dove for it, he probably could have came away with a touchdown, which would have helped me. But Unfortunately, neither of them caught it. So they just need uh, they need James Winston. I hate to say, they, Alvin Kamara needs James Winston. 
That I team is that. that team is absolute trash without Sean Payton. Everybody's just, thinking it. I was just going to say it. Just a, <laughs> it, horrible. It just amazes God. me how far some of these teams have one or two small changes, and you would have thought they changed the whole roster. Like the 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 Saints didn't really change a whole lot of personnel. Like a lot of the same people were there that's been there for the last few seasons. And you take out Drew Brees, which I mean, granted, he's a you know, Hall of Fame quarterback, but you had he was kinda showing age and Winston looked pretty good last year. So it's not a huge drop off, but then you have Peyton gone and all of a sudden you're barely struggling to, to hit five hundred. Bruce Arians leaves Gronk leaves, and then all of a sudden Tampa Bay looks like a dumpster. <laughs> I mean, I, the Atlanta Falcons, they look just as bad as when Matt Ryan was there. <laughs> and Carolina, I mean, this is the worst they've looked since Cam Newton. I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what to think of that. That whole division is trash. Um, They're not good at football, which makes it sort of rough when your business is, well, football. football. Yeah. I mean, the same thing, though. You look at the NFC North. I mean, the Bears, you know, they've they've had issues. They've struggled. The the Lions are consistently competitive. But with Green Bay, personnel, they've kept all their personnel. They've lost a few play callers and coaches and coordinators. But, again, you have all of the same personnel minus Devontae Adams. You'd have thought they ditched half the team. For how bad they are, you went thirteen and three, thirteen and four, two years in a row, and all of a sudden now you're you're not even close to five hundred. Uh, and then you look out with you know the NFC West, the Rams just won the Super Bowl, and they're not even five hundred. Like what happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just it just blows me it's away. Crazy it's, man, it's kind of cool. Like it's not like you don't have the the perennial powerhouses. It is kind of nice when you got a little bit well, of mix. And it, it just, as much as I hate to admit, and as much as I hate to give any attention to it, it just goes to show how much of a outlier the Patriots were for like that 20-year run where they just owned that division and had so many playoff appearances, so many Super Bowl appearances, so many Super Bowl wins without any drop-off really any year. Cheating works. I'm telling you right now. It's it, it's that's neither it's here life, nor there. It's a life, it's a life lesson, but, kids. But but the fact that they were able to get away with what they got away with, one way or the other, regardless, the fact that they stayed at the top for so long, and these other teams yeah. were struggling, and then all of a sudden, now you see these teams, they can't even put two years together. Like even Cincinnati. Cincinnati was just in the the Super Bowl, and, and I mean, granted. They're probably the better of, you know, the other teams as far as playoff consistency. They they at least have a winning record. But I, speaking of Cincinnati, shit. <clears throat> I just watched Joe Burrow but get fucking decapitated in the red zone replay. Well, Woo! I would I would say which game, but it happens so often it's hard to really nail down which hit and which game. He did that on his own accord. He was running Tennessee. Woof. But damn. Well, I don't. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. You got anything else? 
Mm, Cocaine Bear comes out to the movie theaters on February 24th. <laughs> Is that something on your to-do list? <laughs> I do want to see Cocaine Bear. I'm excited. <laughs> I can't say it's on my list. You need to but... watch it. Take the kids. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I don't see that in my future, but hey. I'm waiting for the sequel. To Cocaine Bear versus Meth Gator. Yeah. All right. Shout out to a uh, long-time listener, Brian Cochran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, never cease to amaze me. The thoughts that come out of your mouth. <laughs> <Good shit. laughs> All right. With that being said, that'll wrap up another episode of the fifth quarter sports cast. Download, rate, subscribe, review. Uh, you want to interact with us on social media, catch us really uh, anywhere. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, fifth q sportscast 5thq sportscast hit us up interact with us uh until then go watch some week 13 football and uh we'll catch back up here with you next week and we'll break down some action keep it history